All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Priyanka. Sean. You had a little bit of a tech problem today. More than a tech problem. I had new headphones, new setup. Anything new. Yeah. You know what, though? Things get more and more complicated. The iPhone came out. You're like, oh, this is so amazing. Yeah, it's enough. That's it. I don't need more. And then the remote control, like, you know, for your TV. By the way, sounding so old right now. Where's the on and off and the volume button? That's all you need. I am with you, Sean, on this. I don't think this is an ageism thing. I think it's a simplicity thing. Yeah. I don't need extra fancy features. I just need something to work. Yes. And that's it, right? How about I'm married to the best person on the whole planet? Yes, Scotty. Really is. Yeah, he's yes. incredible to deal with me every day. But he loves technology and gadgets and all that kind of stuff. So years ago, we installed something called Lutron, which is light switches, right? But they're personalized, right? Uh-huh. So instead of just the flip on and off, like your light switch, this is labeled buttons. So you could do dim to this point. This is for this room. This is for that room. Mood lighting. Yeah, mood lighting. And it's an amazing company. And I will keep using them because they're incredible. But, you know, I miss the on and off switch. Yes. But isn't it so nice when lighting can completely change the ambiance of a room? You go to a restaurant, the food may not even taste good, but that (laughs) lighting, I mean, you feel important just sitting there, right? (laughs) All right, now I'm back on Lutron. I think it's fantastic. So wait, listen, you work more than anybody I know. Oh, you say that about everyone. I say that a lot about actors. You do say that, yes. But I think you work more. Well, that's what I'm looking for. That's why I said it. That's what I was looking for. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) What's your favorite way to spend your day off? What do you do? What's like a perfect day off? I love doing absolutely freaking nothing. I know, but what does that look like? Pajamas, TV? Well, there could be TV involved. To be really honest, I like to spend a lot of time in introspection journaling, meditating. Of course you do. When I have like a day off, what usually is happening is that there's a buildup of some kind of feelings and it needs to be tended to. Because I'm so sensitive to my environment, you know, when I interact with people, I can kind of carry a lot of maybe their pain or their sadness or whatever. And so I actually need to take time to like discharge. What about therapy? So I do see a therapist for sure. And I'm a huge fan of therapy, but I do actually a lot of kind of somatic practices like dancing. I dance a lot. I love that. And your house by yourself? Oh, yeah. I love that. I just sort of listen to my body and I move the energy. And that's how I do like a lot of self-care. See, I love that. Me as being an actor, that's very actory to be that open and vulnerable with yourself, even if, you know, that saying dance like nobody's watching. And But literally you have to do that. You have to do it. I turned that into dance like everybody's watching and I was just like, look at I don't give a shit. <laughs> Right, and put it on TikTok. Yeah, right? put it on TikTok. Who cares? So they say, go, oh, you look stupid dancing. You look stupid for writing that I look stupid <laughs> dancing. 
How about that? You know, I think dancing like no one's watching is a profoundly intimate act. Uh If you can be with yourself in that capacity, you can be with others in that capacity too. Well, you know who we're going to be with today. Oh, yes. I do know. Scott Wolf. That's right. How about that for a transition? Scott Wolf. Did you have a crush on him when he was on Party of Five or anything like that? I may have had a teeny crush on him. Same. Same. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, no. Super excited to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited too. Hey, before we get to the great Scott Wolf, let's hear from our listeners. This first one is from someone named Jenny. Let's listen. Hi, Sean and Dr. Priyanka. This is Jenny from Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you so much for your show. I love it so much. And thank you also for having a guest on like Kia Mowry, who encouraged listeners to listen to their body, to find a doctor Mm. that is not gaslighting and doesn't make you feel crazy because Mm. my situation is not endometriosis like Kia's, but I, 10 years ago, lost about 50 to 60 pounds in a few months because every time I ate something, I would keel over crying with pain in my abdomen and I couldn't figure it out. And I'm so thankful I finally found a doctor that didn't make me feel crazy Mm. and said, hey, why don't you just get an ultrasound? Got the ultrasound and he said, in my 50 years of practice, I've never seen more gallstones than anyone in their 20s in my whole life. Wow. So unfortunately, I did get my gallbladder removed, which was actually not that complicated of a, you know, procedure and healing process. But thank you again for having on a guest to encourage other listeners that you are not crazy. It's okay to find a doctor that'll take you seriously and to listen to your body. So thank you again. Your podcast is like the highlight of my week. Appreciate you both so much. Jenny, thanks, Jenny. I wish she lived on my block. Get it? (laughs) Jenny is right, though. You have to listen to your body. You know, I said this in an earlier episode that we healthcare workers, we've studied the books, we know the science, but we are not living in your bodies. Yeah, you don't know our bodies. You know your body better than anyone. You don't know me. You don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the things coming from the perspective as a healthcare provider, if people come to you for answers and you don't have the answers and you're stumped. Come to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously talk to Sean. (laughs) That's right. That's what I'm here for. You know, I think sometimes we can be unaware of how quickly we can dismiss things because we don't know the answers. And I just want to say, like, it's okay to not know sometimes. It's not okay to sort of shame or gaslight a patient, though. Right, right. No. She said she had, every time she ate, she would kill over in pain. And that's from gallstones. Yeah. Idiot me. What does the gallbladder do? Why do we have it? So gallbladder is an organ that's located right near your liver. And it secretes something called bile, which is a type of acid, which eventually goes in your poop, but it helps with digestion of certain food. So it breaks down certain things. Yeah, it helps with digestion. But it's not an essential organ because you can live without it. But you have your gallbladder, right? I do. I have a few of them. Yeah. (laughs) What do you feel differently by having it and not having a gallbladder? Well, it can be a little bit harder sometimes to eat certain types of foods after you've had your gallbladder removed, especially certain fatty foods. It can be a little bit harder to digest that. I see. Wow. You'll live. You'll Uh definitely live. Yeah. Jenny, thank you for calling in. We're going to go to our next listener. Her name is Carol. Hi, my name is Carol. I'm calling from San Diego. Love your show. So my weird medical thing is about 30 years ago, back in the 80s, I was living in the Boston area, as were my parents. I was in my mid-20s. I moved to Colorado 
went through a number of changes there, working two full-time jobs under a lot of stress. Meanwhile, my parents moved to Arizona. During that time, I developed giant hives. I would get hives that were three to four inches in diameter. Mm. Anywhere there was continuous pressure, like on the backs of my thighs from sitting at my job all day. If I wore a backpack, I would get hives on my shoulder. I sometimes got them in the back of my throat because I had a cold, and I would get them in random spots on my face and my feet, on my arms. Anyway, um, went through a number of different treatments for it. Nothing really ever worked. Um, And then meanwhile, the weird part is my mom developed the same thing while she was in Arizona. Hmm. At the end of the day, I've only met one other person who had a similar situation, and I think it had to do with stress more than anything else. Um, I haven't had that problem since then, although to this day, if I start to get a cold or run down, I do start to feel a hive appear from place to place. Anyway, that's my weird story. Love your show. Bye. Mm. Well, that's interesting, Carol. So she just breaks out. So what she's talking about, the medical term for hives is called urticaria. Yeah, I was just going to say urticaria. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it affects a lot of people. 20% of the population will have urticaria at some point in their lives. Just hives for no reason. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? First of all, there's like a laundry list of things that can cause hives. Literally everything under the sun, including the sun itself, can cause hives and urticaria. I mean, we're talking about allergic reactions. Reactions to meds, foods, insect bites, ibuprofen. Yeah, sex. I mean, maybe sex. So nobody knows what caused them. You know what? I had, because it all has to come back to me. I was staying at a hotel in a city in England. Hmm. I don't want to say which city in it because I don't want to say what hotel in case somebody knew I was staying there or whatever. But I broke out and all these things just on the bottom parts of my legs. I was like, uh-huh. oh, there's bed bugs. And they would itch so bad. And there were tiny red bumps all up and down my legs. Did you actually confirm that there were bed bugs? No. So I took photos because I was like, you guys <laughs> clearly have bed bugs. And not just a few of them. They're eating me alive, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. go to the front desk. I show them the photos. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, we'll go check this out. And Mm -hmm. they go up there. Sorry, Carol, I'm taking away from your (laughs) amazing story. They go up there. They did all these checks with like dog sniffer them. Then they have these chemicals they threw them. Then they have the sheets and like all Uh this stuff. And they say, we don't have them. Well, now I'm thinking like they don't have them because they don't want to publicize that they had them probably. Mm, Then it turns into a whole thing. Right. Then it turns into a whole thing. So I was like, okay, so I get back home. And then a year later, it comes back and I'm itching and itching and itching. A year later. Wait, you went back to the same hotel? I came back home. And like a year later, the same thing's happening in my own house. I was like, what? Did I bring them back to my bed? That's how long it took to hatch the eggs. I don't know. Was Scotty symptomatic? No, or? zero, zero, zero. Okay. So then I go to the doctor. He's like, oh, just put this cream on. And it was gone. Uh-huh. Was it a steroid cream? Hydrocortisone yeah. or something? So it was gone in like three days. And I was like... Maybe it wasn't bed bugs and it's just some crazy itchy thing. See, that's what I'm saying. Urticaria, the list of potential causes of urticaria, it's so long. It can be caused by anything. And with Carol's story, to bring it back to Carol, who is our original caller. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many reasons that the urticaria could have developed Carol had moved to another state, working two full-time jobs. I mean, that is- It's stress. There's a lot of stress. And what's really interesting is that Carol's mom also was having the symptoms. So I wonder, was there stress about not being near each other? Yeah, it was like E.T. and Elliot. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, remember that? How they both went through the same thing. so sweet. Speaking of that, wait, can I just do a sidebar? Have you seen- 
the audition video? Of Henry Thomas for E.T.? Oh, my God. He cries. I don't understand. Because the kid was like, how old was he? He was like 11 years old. How do you teach an 11-year-old to tap into yourself like that? That's why they're special. That's why they're so special is because they are like old souls. That's like you can't explain how these young actors can have these emotions so readily available that they haven't experienced yet. It's like they go into the sadness portal. Yeah. And then they just start crying. I mean, it's it's so incredible. Another sidebar is I ran into Steven Spielberg when I first moved to Los Angeles and I told him the story. I said, my brother took me to see E.T. when I was 11 years old. And like the rest of the audience in the theater was crying my eyes out at the end when he says goodbye to E.T. And I knew in that moment, I turned to my brother who took me there for my birthday. I said, I would give anything to be him. And he goes, Elliot, yeah, a lot of kids would love to be Elliot and go through that. I go, no, Henry Thomas. The actor. I would give anything to be in a movie, to act like that. And that's when I knew I wanted to be an actor, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of the reasons. But I was just like, it was so powerful to me. I was like, I want to be the messenger of emotion like that, you know? Whatever emotions those are. It's so powerful. So I'm waiting for the sequel (laughs) so I can audition. Are they really going (laughs) to do that? No, no, God, no. Carol, thank you for this lovely story that you shared and the discussion that resulted after that. Completely sidebar. We love hearing your stories, you guys, so please keep sharing them. The number to call is 323-529-6031. You want to say it again? 323-529-6031. We love listening to your stories. We check every message. Let's get to our guests now. Yay! We are supported by Indeed. You're successful in business because you love doing the research, whether it's the state of the market or the next right hire. But when you're low on hours and you still want to do a great job on hiring, who do you go for for help? It's time for Indeed. One of the things that I really enjoy about Indeed is that it truly does make hiring all in one place super easy. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com actor. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed dot com slash actor to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash actor. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are supported by Athletic Greens. I drink Athletic Greens from time to time because I hated taking pills and vitamins. I just didn't like it. I wanted a supplement that tasted good. And it turns out it's so good. You get to drink your pills and vitamins. Really, really cool. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements 
against yourself and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. For every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry, right here in the United States. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hypo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know our guest today from his many roles on television, on shows like Party of Five and The Night Shift, and now you can see him in new episodes of Nancy Drew on The CW. He's so good on that show. Please welcome Scott Wolf. Hey! And he sings. Thank you, sir. He said that's all the singing you'll hear today. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to be here. Hi. And the books behind you, those are just covers, right? They're not actual books. No, there's no words inside of those things. That's no, all no, for Room Raider later on. Yeah, yeah, Got for it. sure. Okay. <laughs> Scott Wolf, it's so great to see you. This is Priyanka, Priyanka Scott. Very nice to meet you, Scott. Great to meet you, too. Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> when did we when, yes no, when did we meet Scott. the first time? No, you're supposed to say no, and then I was going to say me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? I think it was at some, you know, corporate thing for... TV, some, I don't know, it was somewhere, it was a long time ago, but I was such yeah. a huge fan of Party of Five way back in the day, still am, and I was like, oh my God, I'm meeting Scott Wolf from Party of Five. It was so <laughs> cool, but I don't remember where we were. I was nobody, so you wouldn't have remembered. Did I see you at the game show? The um, Hollywood Game Night. Uh, Hollywood Game Night. Yes. You didn't see me there, but I was there. Okay. I kept in the back because I, I'm like that. That was so fun. But anyway, thank you for being here today. We're huge fans. You've played 77 doctors in your career. <laughs> That's right. You must know a thing or two about medicine at this point. Is you that by design? I do know a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> I, I know myocardial infarction. Oh, oh nice. nice. That's, that's thank really you. impressive. Very thank that's you like and good night. First year med student level. <laughs> yeah, and I was like that annoying, you know, actor who played a doctor on TV who tried to diagnose my family all the time, <laughs> you know, people. Because <laughs> so that terrible. sounds safe. Oh, right. that's hilarious. They must have loved that. Oh, they loved hearing from me <laughs> about why they didn't need to worry that their issue wasn't, you know, systemic. Yeah. Oh, oh that my was a word. Oh, I threw that word around all day long. Oh, I love it. Hey, wait, dad's not just an actor. He's a doctor. <laughs> I actually did a thing where I played a surgeon on a show. I played a heart surgeon. Mm -hmm. And I was offered the opportunity to go into the operating room and watch. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Uh -huh. a, a, a series of open heart surgeries. Oh, I would have thrown up all over. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I thought, I don't know. I'm going to find out something about myself today. And so I literally stood right over the field, right. looking straight down into open chest cavities wow. while wow. surgeries were being done. And I mean, amongst, you know, the, the biggest takeaway, well, I suppose, you know, the best, the, the most sort of selfish takeaway was didn't hurl, uh, thankfully, nice. because mouth was right, right over chest cavity. So that would have mm -hmm. been an entirely, that yeah. would have been a terrible situation for everyone. Uh -huh. Problematic. But, but uh, I became completely, I already had an enormous amount of respect for physicians and I suppose surgeons in particular, mm -hmm. but watching the amount of focus, sustained focus, mm -hmm. when literally life and death is at stake yes. in any given mm -hmm. moment was awe-inspiring. And uh, I came away from that with an enormous amount of respect for, for the entire field. And I suppose on some level felt like I came away feeling like I do have an okay appetite for 
for blood, for bodies, for oh God, um, stuff don't. that might you don't at all. No. What was it like for you, Scott, the first time you saw a live heart? What kind of experience was that for you? Well, that's when he met me that first time. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then there were hearts in my eyes. Uh, yes, there it was were all over. Hearts flying everywhere. <laughs> the first time I saw a beating heart, it yes. was like meeting an old familiar friend. It was like, oh, wow. oh I know you. This is that organ that I know so really? much about. It was it was surreal. I don't know if you probably didn't have that experience. <laughs> I hadn't studied it the way you had, mm. which I think knowing a, a, as much about it as you did and then actually laying eyes on the actual organ mm. l- beating and living would have been super trippy. For me, you know what? It actually put me in touch with something that actually helped me play the role, which was this level of dissociation is the wrong word, but just like a, like you cut off this kind of emotional connection to what that Oh. Uh, organ is and mm. means to that person and to the people waiting outside to hear how everything goes. And it just becomes like a car engine that needs yeah. repair. Yeah. And it almost felt like you had to have that distance, that yeah. kind of emotional distance in order to do the work. That's beautifully put. Yeah, it's okay. Let me ask you this though. Um, <laughs> There's more where that came from, baby. It's early in the podcast. <laughs> Let me ask you this because this is fascinating. Yes. Did it make you, after that experience, change anything in your life? Like, did you work out more? God, I got to work my heart out more. I got to eat better or anything like that? You know, I think what it did do for a minute is it didn't necessarily change my behavior, but it did make me feel extra vulnerable, which I don't know if I expected. It just felt like everything just felt so at risk. You know, it's like there's this organ and it's requiring this certain, you know, electricity Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. function and blood flow and all these things. And I don't know, for a minute, I came away feeling like, oh, yeah, yeah, it feels way too wow. easy for something to go wrong in yeah. there oh. for me to just walk around being okay. Scott, you're bringing up such an incredible point, though, because the human body is actually incredibly resilient. You know, there are human beings walking around with lots and lots of chronic illnesses and different ailments, and, you know, the species persists despite all that. Yeah, that's what blows my mind, that we're even alive today. How did we live through all the ice age and the thing and the thing? Wait, I want to say this one more thing about the heart, because when you work out, when you go to the gym and you work out your arms or your back or your legs, or whatever you're working out and you can only do so much because your muscles get tired like okay I worked out a half hour an hour whatever you do mm-hmm. and then but you think about the heart as a muscle it doesn't stop going 24 hours a day no wonder yeah. our bodies only live a certain amount of time because the heart never stops yeah. yes and I should mention that the first surgery I watched was on an 8 year old girl Oh, oh wow. wow. And to your point, Sean, the idea that our species is still thriving the way we are and the fact that we've figured out all of these incredible remedies to fix people who have an ailment of one kind or another. This girl, this is a very good argument to make that I don't think she would have survived mm. into her teen years a hundred years ago. What was the issue that she had? It was, a, I can't remember the specific issue. I, it was something that she was born with. It was a uh-huh. genetic heart defect. Uh-huh. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? She's on the show today and here she is. Caitlin, <laughs> come on out. <laughs> But it was an incredible experience, yeah. I think it's also important to remember, though, in evolutionary times, there were many times that our species was at the risk of extinction. You know, the plague almost annihilated us. So um, we've definitely had some near misses. I want to ask you one more career thing because you're so good on Nancy Drew. Tell me, did you have to read the books before you got it? Like, how was the experience getting the part? Do you love doing it? I mean, how do I make this the short version? Um, If I ever write an autobiography, it's going to be called Long Story Medium. (laughs) 
anyone who knows me well understands why. I love that. It's been an amazing experience. I love it from top to bottom, side third to side. Third season or something like that? Three seasons? We just finished shooting our third season. Our season three finale airs very soon, and we're waiting to hear about season four. Everybody's cautiously optimistic. Oh, yes. I was familiar, obviously, as everyone is with the Nancy. I was a, a Hardy Boys fan growing of course. up. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no requirement necessarily to read the entire canon to get the part, but I feel incredibly, enormously fortunate to have been given this opportunity because everyone, Kennedy McMahon, who plays Nancy Drew, is just prodigious and amazing yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. The whole cast is incredible. They gave me my first chance to direct yes. this season. That's great. Which was incredible. I felt like it was a long time coming. I've been that guy on set who everyone is kind of like, why are you not directing? You know, because I'm in everyone's business, frankly. <laughs> that's great, though. I think that's so great for you and anybody who's had a huge successful career like you had for as long. Is like, why not exercise those parts of the brain that are working anyway. That's right. right? That's and right. you learn so much just being around all of it so long. It makes complete sense. I bet you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I feel like it came as naturally to me as anything I've ever done. It woke up all these parts of my intellect, my emotional life, my psychological life, my social life that I had been kind of applying as an actor in this environment. Yeah. But to have mm-hmm. a chance to really be the person directing the episode was extraordinary. And I look forward to more opportunities to do it. Now, when I saw the list of things that we're going to try to talk about, I got so excited. This is everything I live for. I love everything we're going to talk about. This is so exciting to me. First thing we're going to talk about is fecal impaction, which yes. what, is that like <laughs> constipation? Like, what is that? Well, constipation plays an important role in fecal yeah. impaction, but basically- Because I've had it since I'm two years old then. Still have it. I mean, yeah, so fecal impaction is where there's fecal matter in the intestinal tract, usually in the rectal vault, sometimes a little bit higher up. And it's just stuck there? Yeah, for either the gut isn't moving very quickly or someone has decreased sensation so they're not feeling the fecal matter. Yeah, I mean, I have a bunch of other stories. I'm wondering if we need like a gateway story to the butthole story. (laughs) No, no, the best way to talk about buttholes is to dive right in. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) because my thought was like maybe I should take a moment to, you know, further endear myself to you hosts and to our audience at large. You have won the lottery. You are the most endearing, likable, good-looking, charming, talented person on the planet. Okay, we're diving straight into butthole. Here goes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the fecal impaction story goes as such. So uh, this is, by the way, it's a... It's a story that I feel like my family and friends know, I guess, pretty decently well. I don't know if I've ever really told it in public, so this is my breaking out. It serves, I think, as a PSA. Good. And you know that's part of the show is, yes, we have fun and we laugh. We do PSAs all day. But anything you're comfortable sharing is really, really helpful to so many people. I've shared every single thing about my body. It's, it's Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So to anyone listening, at the end of this, uh, hopefully you'll come away with something that might spare you the unfortunate thing that happened to me. So uh, years ago, I was in college and I was home for the summer and I had to have my wisdom teeth out. Mm. So I went and I got my wisdom teeth removed. And after I had them removed, it was quite painful uh, on the back end of that. And so I was given a painkiller to Mm -hmm. take. Uh And I was told by the doctor to take a laxative along with the painkiller. I'm assuming this was an opioid-based narcotic. 
painkillers. This was correct? an opioid based. Yes. The, the particular opioid that I was given for my wisdom tooth surgery, I suppose caused constipation. I didn't ask a lot of questions. To be honest, I was way out of it. They had kind of put me under. And I also should say that until I was doing this podcast with you guys, I don't think I have ever self-identified as a hypochondriac. Really. <laughs> I haven't. Right. And then in thinking, I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? And the second I got yes, thinking, that's what I'm saying. I'm the worst hypochondriac under the yes, sun. That's what I'm saying. Um, and so my wife, on the other hand, is just a, a marvelous semi-professional hypochondriac. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. She's the person who's like, I, my cheek hurts. I have cheek cancer. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me, on the other hand, am told to take this other medication with this medication that I have to take. And he might as well have told me that my head would explode if I didn't take it. And I was like, fine. Well, so I don't take it. You didn't take the laxative. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. I take the opioid pain medication. I do not take the laxative. Mm. I was 21 years old. To be honest, if I was prescribed it today, I can't promise you I would have taken it. I'm just lousy at that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Me too, me too. Like even with antibiotics, mm -hmm. if I'm given antibiotics, I have to have like post-it notes and phone reminders, I mm -hmm. right? I just forget to take stuff. Same. So I don't take the laxative. All right. So now we're going to fast forward a week. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just kind of hanging out. And suddenly I'm like, oh, I got to go to, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I get up from the television and I go in and I sit down and nothing happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's weird because my stomach hurts and I feel like I really got to go, but nothing's happening. So I go back to the television. Now, mind you, again, on brand, I'm not even focused on like, when's the last time I went to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. You know, like my dad, if he doesn't poop by, you know, 6.58 a.m., yeah. it's mm -hmm. in the morning paper. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm so jealous of those people, yeah. yeah. I know, I'm, I just don't, like maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I couldn't tell yeah. you. Yeah, check the bed. Yeah, so <laughs> I go back to the television and then I'm like, oh, I gotta go again. So I go back, so this happens a couple of times and now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm actually, I, I guess I'm constipated, I guess is what this is. And then it starts to escalate and it escalates pretty quickly oh, and gosh. pretty terribly. Yeah. And so now something feels like it is trying to get out of me mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and there's not a way for it to get out. So I now start like feeling down there and I'm like, wait a second, like it's bulging yeah. and hard wow. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So now my mom at the time was dating a pharmacist, <laughs> which felt like very uh, helpful. How convenient for you. So convenient. And his pharmacy was right down right at the end of the road. So I run upstairs. I was like, mom, I got a situation. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I can't poop. I, think I, I was like, I can't poop. I was like, she was like, what do you mean? I was constipated. I was like, I think it's worse than that. I'm like, I, I'm, it feels like there's a lot of it down there. And it has, she's like, when's the last time you pooped? I was like, I have no idea. You're like 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Who was president? So she's like, um, did you take the, the, the laxatives that the doctor told? I was like, no, I didn't take the. So then I was like, oh, I got to go. And I run downstairs and now starts this kind of upstairs, downstairs, crazy. Like I'm having basically contractions, right? Oof. Where <laughs> this thing is trying to force its way out of me. And I get to- It's a child. It's a small child. Yeah. It's basically wow. like- a can of Pepsi is basically, <laughs> and if I could have kind of given you like a, a, a firmness and a size. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm like trying to 
past a can of Pepsi oh my God. through my butthole. Yeah. And I go running back upstairs. I'm like, mom, I'm like, call Jimmy. You got to have him help me out here. Yeah. Like this thing's going to break me in two oh. and I'm terrified and it's really painful and I'll be right back. And I'd run downstairs and have like fight this thing off oh. for another like <laughs> minute God. and then come back upstairs and I'm sweating. Yeah. 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 And I was like- So much pain. So much pain. It was really, really painful. Yeah. And I was really scared and I just thought, all right, well- they're going to have to, I don't know, could like cut this thing out of me, open me up. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of horrific. And yeah. I run back upstairs and she goes, good news. Jimmy's sending something over. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. It's I'm like, like, what's he sending over? It's pliers the size of a Pepsi can. <laughs> That's right. So she says he's sending a, um, some kind of something. And I go, what's it going to do? Uh -huh. And she goes, it's going to cause an explosion. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, No. No, 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 no explosions. Was it from below? Something that you insert or that you eat? I think the first thing was above. Yeah. Okay. The first thing was like, this is, you're going to drink this yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's going to explode yeah, it out yeah. of you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Ma, I'm like, tell Jimmy, no explosions. No explosions. As a matter of fact, break up with Jimmy. <laughs> break up with Jimmy. Jimmy's dead to us. And so I go back down. I have another series of contractions. I run back up to her room. And she goes, all right, he's going to send this other thing. And now he's sending some kind of suppository, yeah. which now I'm yeah. supposed to stick in there. Right. I'm like, ma, there's no room yeah. in the inn. Yeah. There is no yeah. room at the inn. And uh, yeah. so literally the thing comes, I do my darndest to get it in there. Yeah. There's no room for yeah. it. Yeah. I kind of sneak it in. And then comes the part of the story that I've never told anyone ever. You ready? Okay. We're sweating. We're sweating. We're, we're Guys, there. I'm so sorry. And to the audience at large, Please. in the end, you'll be better for it all. This is, this I, is the end. This is the end. So I, I took matters into my own hands. You went up there and grabbed it. Yeah. I went full MacGyver yeah. and I rummaged through the cabinets yeah. in the yeah. bathroom that I had been having my contractions mm -hmm. in. And I found uh, the only thing I can get my hands on was, um, we're doing this, we're doing this. Yeah. We're here, we're here. <laughs> we're, there's no backing no, away now. No, you, you found a small, what? I had a nail clipper. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I took the friendly end of the nail clipper, yeah. not the file inside. That's nobody's friend in this situation. Uh -huh. Probably not the best advice, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, and I, I basically, because at this point, I was dilated. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And this poop can of Pepsi was yeah. basically like it, it was crowning. It was crowning. It was crowning. <laughs> Thank you for the term. It, it was, was crowning. crowning. Wow. I can't believe I didn't keep the I, I I birthed the poop can of Pepsi and I didn't keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I started whittling away uh -huh. at it and literally hard pieces because yeah. it now had petrified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was like Little pieces were coming so, out, and I thought, I just got to, I, I don't want to be ripped into. Yes, yeah. And so yes. it's me it's me or this thing. Yeah. And so eventually enough pieces came off that, wham, it came it out. It just released. And did you yeah. cut the umbilical cord right away or what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you name it? Yeah. I basically, <laughs> I passed out almost immediately. <laughs> I was so, but by the way, somehow talk about resilient. No blood, no bleeding, no oh, cut, really? no nothing. Oh, really? You didn't bleed or nothing. tear anything? Wow. Nothing, nothing. Sidebar, have you had a colonoscopy yet? So this is a whole other thing. I'm, I should be shamed for this. I was supposed to get my first one. I'm getting one. I just got one last week. Okay. <gasps> first? 
uh, no. second, but the first one was just awful. But this one went much, much better. We, we could talk offline. I talked about it on the show. It's the opposite of that. It's like, okay. it's so, it's nice. It's like a cleanse. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Did you feel way, 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 way better? Oh, after? Yeah. You don't feel anything. They put you out. No, I'm at the prep. I'm at the prep. The, the prep is terrible, I hear. The yeah. prep isn't great, but it's yes. like a cleanse. It's nice. But then you get yeah. put under, you don't feel a thing. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't name it. I didn't keep it. I, did, I didn't like it. I wanted it out of my life forever. Yeah. If the toilet could talk, it's like, I'm not taking that. <laughs> I'm not yeah. flushing that down. <laughs> We are supported by Good Chop. Good Chop is America's online butcher. You get a flexible monthly subscription plan for high quality American meat and seafood. Choose the medium or large plan and enjoy your favorite cuts of beef, chicken, pork, and seafood delivered flash frozen for freshness and sealed with dry ice inside an insulated box. I really enjoy using Good Chop because I love the seafood. It arrives super fresh. It's just a great way to get access to high quality meats and seafoods, especially if you're a very busy person. There's something for everyone, whether you want ribeyes, T-bones, wild-caught salmon, chicken breasts, and much, much more. And unlike many other companies, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries that set the bar high for animal welfare and sustainable practices. Good Chop especially prides itself on sourcing beef that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. They feel confident about their 100% money-back guarantee. Love Good Chop or get your your money back. Go to goodchop.com slash hypo100 and use code hypo100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. That's goodchop.com slash hypo100 and use code hypo100 to get $100 off your first three boxes. Good Chop, America's online butcher. What I love about this story, Scott, is that you have literally, you figured this out on your own, but what they teach us in medical school and residency about treatment of fecal impaction, it's called a digital disimpaction where you're supposed to take a finger to fragment pieces of the fecal matter until it comes out. And if that doesn't work, using a mineral oil enema, which is what I suspect you had put in, yes. uh, actually lubricates the gut so that it can facilitate the passage of the stool. And then the thing that you drink is called polyethylene glycol, also known as mirror relax to clean you out from top. So oh you God, you actually did basically what they teach but, us about in med school anyway, which I, <laughs> I, I think that's really amazing. I think a finger is probably safer than advising a nail clipper. I did not know that the <laughs> nail thing... And then just to pass the time after he was done there, he went ahead and clipped his nails. But there are actually, for severe, severe cases they sometimes will apply local anesthesia to relax the anal canal and the pelvic floor muscles. Oh, God. And then do an abdominal massage to help pass the stool bullets. That sounds painful. Yeah, and rarely, sometimes if it's super, super severe, you take the same camera that they use for a colonoscopy, the colonoscope, and they use something called a snare, which is the same. You know those games, those claw games yes. at, at fairs? Yeah, you should have yes. put your ass in there. 
Yeah, <laughs> basically, they will use a snare to kind of just take out the fecal matter. Could you imagine um, a game with Scott Wolf's ass in it and kids just putting a quarter, just trying to pull out the... All right, so wait. If times get bad enough, yeah. I'm open to it. Oh, you're open to it, which is all but we need to hear. You basically did like a really beautifully done like DIY fecal impaction treatment. I mean... Because when I was rummaging through the, the drawers in that bathroom, I was not thinking I was following med school protocol. No, of course. <laughs> The last thing, yeah. Wait, I want to get to the next thing because I have the thing too, which is nerve issues in your neck. I have the same yeah, thing. You do. Yeah, so wait, can you just describe to me what this weird, nebulous, nervy kind of thing is yes. that you're talking about? All kidding aside, you know, now that we've passed the poop talk, Yeah. this is the thing that I'm like kind of nervous you're going to be like, okay, so turn the laptop off okay. and hop in the car <laughs> Go to the ER. and head over to the ER. It, it, not really, but it's scary. So let me just say, let's say it is the worst thing you possibly imagine. Wouldn't it be better to know than, yeah. than to not know, right? Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Okay. 100%. And, and I don't think it is, but um, my wife, unfortunately, has like terrible back and neck stuff. I've been fairly lucky to have some and be at an age where creaks and things happen. So it's not necessarily from, from an injury or anything like that, but it's a very strange thing where it feels almost like a blood flow type of thing more okay. than a bony type of thing. I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. Can you hear me <laughs> diagnosing myself before I even talk about the freaking thing? <laughs> uh, so basically it, it feels like where there's some kind of exertion mm -hmm. of some kind or another. Like I got it picking up my daughter one time, pushing something. And again, it's, I, I don't have enough clarity to know exactly when it happens, but when it does happen, okay. it just feels like it starts to come on, mm -hmm. right? And I feel it in the top of my back and the bottom of my head. And it just feels like this growing, tingling kind of sensation. I get a little queasy, a mm -hmm. little, okay. like I feel nauseous. a little, a, a teeny bit nauseous. Mm -hmm. And it has that rising feeling of like, oh fuck, if this doesn't stop, mm -hmm. this feels like it's going to do something terrible. Like, mm -hmm. is this affecting my brain? Mm -hmm. Is this, what is this? Okay. And so- uh, and then I, it just, usually I just get myself still. What brings it on? Did I miss that? Exertion, right? It feels like some kind of exertion. I, again, I wish I had more clarity on exactly what brings it on, mm -hmm. but I can kind of feel it coming and it's like, oh, here we go, here we go. And then it grows mm -hmm. and it grows mm -hmm. and it gets me a little bit uh, dizzy and a little sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. And it's again, all just right here in the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. And it feels weirdly like a, circulatory yeah, fluidy sure. kind of thing, not a bone uh, sure. structural thing. Yeah. So, and then it'll just fade uh -huh. and then it'll fade. When you stop exerting yourself. Yeah, I mean, I always do because I can now, the first time it happened, I, it brought me down to my knees and I was like, what, wow. what is this? Mm -hmm. This feels really mm -hmm. scary. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I couldn't talk to you while it was happening. Mm -hmm. It's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. And then now it's a thing where I can sense the beginning feeling of it. Wow. And I'm like, oh, that, that thing's happening. And so I just stop mm -hmm. and kind of breathe deep. And it's never thankfully gotten to be something that has, I've never lost consciousness. Mm -hmm. I've never- Like you're wondering, you're wondering where the, the tip of it, of it is, right? Like, is it leading to something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every time it happens, it's scary yeah. Uh, yeah. because it, because it, I don't know what it is and it feels like it comes on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you had an MRI? No. 
So, you know, obviously I can't give personalized medical advice over the air, but I'd like to explore what is your hesitancy towards bringing this up with your doctor? What are you afraid of? I'm not really. I think I don't have a regular, like I said, I'm so, my face has to be falling off for me to go to the doctor. Uh, I'm that person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. see. I see. I need to stub my toe to go to the doctor. That's how often I go. <laughs> yeah. I need to embrace my inner Sean because yeah. <laughs> I should probably be asking someone who, about this. Yeah. So have you been limiting certain activities now because you know this can trigger those sensations? Has it been affecting that? No, that's that. And that's probably part of, yeah, I think when something keeps me from doing the things I want to be doing in my life, that's when uh -huh. I tend to lean into mm -hmm. seeking medical advice. Mm -hmm. It falls into this weird nebulous area of like, could be nothing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like nothing. When these episodes come on, do you sometimes get dizzy or lightheaded? Yes. And do you ever get ringing in your ears? <sighs> Uh, not, no, not, that's not a distinct symptom of this thing. It's, it feels contained to this area. You know how like at the top of your back and the, where your back and neck come together, there's kind of that biggish totally. uh, vertebra yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of right over that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it's something going on in the nerves. Maybe it's a form of a pinched nerve kind of. Do you do a lot of like texting and emailing and like hunched sure. over like that thing? The thing is, if you're experiencing something that is different and strange for you and it's causing a certain level of symptoms that are disruptive, it, it warrants a workup of some sort, you know, whether okay. it would be something as simple as neck imaging or, you know, looking at the vasculature of the brain. I, I would say that it's very reasonable to, if you were to walk into a doctor's office and explain these symptoms, that this would warrant a workup of some sort. And the benefit of doing that is then if it's nothing, you're reassured. But if they do find something that that's something that you can take care of now, then waiting before things progress. There right? you go. Have you ever had an MRI ever in your life? Um, no. Yes, yes, I did. I have. I think it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Wait, an MRI of your brain and your your brainstem? Uh, no. Okay. It was an MRI for my. What did I do the MRI for? I think I did an MRI on my knee. Actually, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. kind of fun because um, I was having I was having a knee issue, but yeah, no. Look, I mean, it it definitely feels like it warrants a conversation with somebody who can yeah. probably provide. I'll drive you. Okay, <laughs> I'll take that. I'd ride. be happy to chat with you about it. It sounds like it's bothering you enough that if you can know what precipitates it and it's reproducible, then it sounds like there's something there that warrants a workup. Yeah. Yeah, probably. We need to do like three more episodes of me and you just I'm going in. crazy. I'm standing by. So I just want to say, just as a to button the earlier PSA, yeah. take the laxative. Take the laxative. With We're never, yes. ever done with that. Yeah. Yes. We're going to get to our game. Okay. Let's play the game. It's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions. I'll give possible points for creativity. Sean, you're going up first. Yay. So, Sean, there are three major categories of types of blood cells. Which blood cells act on the body's primary defense against infection? The immuno pit ones. Uh-huh. The, yeah, the white blood cell. That's immune. correct. White yes! blood cells. That is I know. Correct. I never get any of these never right. never gets them. Okay, Sean, next question. What is the world's largest bird? Big bird. <laughs> is that right? Okay, that is incorrect. It's it's 
Well, it's ostrich. Is Big Bird an ostrich? I'll give you a point for creativity, but it- Ostrich is a big bird. But yeah, okay. It, it's an ostrich. Yeah, it's an ostrich. Okay, third question. What character did you voice in the 2017 film, The Emoji Movie? Oh my God. Was it the shit emoji? No, I didn't do that one. <laughs> Which one was it? You want to guess? It wasn't the shit emoji. No. I don't remember. It was Steven, the devil. The devil emoji. Ooh, the devil. Oh. That devil emoji's name is Steven? I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the name is Steven. I'll introduce you. In the United States. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Scott, where on the human body is the humerus bone located? Oh, the humerus bone. Was that your funny bone, your elbow? (laughs) Close. It's in the upper arm. It it connects your shoulder bone to your elbow. So, but close enough. Yeah, funny bone. Half a point for close. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay, next question. What do you call a group of wolves? Oh. A pack. That is correct. Yes, that is Oof. a pack. Wait, wait a minute. Wait. When you as a family go out for an outing, do you say- We're the wolf pack. Yes. Do you say, you that have is, to say that. We, yeah, we are 100%. Yes. Wolf pack, party of five. That's what we say. Yeah. Anywhere we go. <laughs> oh my God. Is it really five people? It is. It is. <laughs> God, that's genius. Love it. <laughs> okay. Love it. Okay. Final question. You played Dr. Scott Clemens on the TV show, The Night Shift. What was your character's specialty? Dr. Scott Clemens. Oh, Scott Clemens was a, ah, wasn't I just like a, a an ER surgeon? Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. You were a trauma surgeon and a you trauma were surgeon. head of trauma surgery for an ER. Okay. Nice backstory. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, right? I was fancy on that show. Scott, you won. Yeah, you yeah, won. Yeah, clearly. Sean missed one question. So congratulations. You're in Congratulations, Scott Wolf. You are the best for being here. It's so nice to meet a fellow hypochondriactor. I've been such a big fan for so long. You are the sweetest, funniest. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We love you. Guys, thank you so much. Have me back soon, please. Yes, my God, we have to. Okay, Pally, soon. Thanks, guys. Take care, Bye. pal. Well, well, well. How funny is he? Yeah, no, that was really great. He's such a sweet, kind man. I love him. That fecal impaction. I mean, that I love stories like that because I mean, nobody wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then when you do talk about it, other people are like, oh, yeah, I had it too, but I'm too embarrassed. It's like you shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about poop and your butt. And like, we talk about that all the time on the show. Yeah, I mean, opioids are prescribed all the time, you know. There was an ad for a drug to deconstipate you from opioids. Yeah, it's an opioid antagonist. Yeah, it basically acts on the opioid receptors to basically remove the effect of the opioid. Yeah, it's like the Narcan equivalent for constipation. By the way, if it helps people, that's fantastic. Well, there's always the good old finger to do the digital (laughs) disimpaction. But whoo, what a story. I was sweating through that. It was like I was living through that. Oh, man. Oh, God. And then the nerve thing. I love it. I love that he's so open. He was so sweet. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to our show today. We loved that you did. Please keep listening and uh, we'll keep bringing you some stories. So don't worry. Be healthy. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogel and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. 
content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.